Coming in live, Coach O, Coach Ed Ogeron of the LSU Tigers, the head coach. Coach, at one point we thought your season was over. You get crushed by Alabama, and then you go out to Florida, the jort-wearing losers. 30-point dog, you beat them, and now you have Ole Miss coming here. Coach, just give us one minute on what it's like to go out to Gainesville and beat a bunch of rednecks. Well, well, well first of all, baby, I mean, I want to recount on that Alabama game. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was triumphant. I whooped their ass in Florida, baby, you know. I mean, I mean, I, you look back on Alabama, it wasn't a great game. We did not execute all three plays of the game, maybe. But um, we go into Florida and we whoop up on them rednecks. And that's just practice for when we go to Old Piss and whip up on them too, baby. Coach, it appears that we have actually somehow we can have a winning season. You know, it's it's actually amazing because after Alabama could have scored a hundred on the worst defense I've ever seen in my life, Coach. I'm sorry, your defense is terrible. Wait, 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 wait. I, I I got on a Pelini. I told him I was like, look, boy, you don't get that defense fixed. I'm whipping your ass on the sideline. And he he ain't no pussy. He he bowed up. He was like, Coach O, I guarantee you, we ain't gonna be scrapping. If we have to, we will. But I'm gonna have that defense playing, baby. And he said, Go Tigers. And I said, Go Tigers. And uh, we executed all three phases. We whipped ass. We're going to get this straight. You told Bo Pleum sidelines if he didn't get in line, you would fight him and hurt him. Is that what I heard just now? That's right, baby. That's right. I was going to put that Cajun scrap on him, baby. Put him in that Duloc blend, baby. <laughs> Coach O going to open up a 55-gallon Earl drum and whoop ass on him. Uh, Earl is how they say oil in some parts of the Cajun blend, yeah. It's Cajun. It's Earl, as, as uh, you guys would say. Coach, uh, we have Ole Miss this week, Lane Kiffin. He's the biggest pussy on the planet. Uh, and right now, you guys are an underdog. We have to beat Ole Miss. Come on, Coach. Don't don't cuck me. I have money on you. Don't, don't cuck well, me. I mean, I can't get involved with none of your, your money and what you do at the rest area and cucks and all that stuff, baby. But I do know that we're going we, we to be whipping on his ass. We're going to be changing lanes, you know, to the slow people lane, baby, because we're going to put a whooping on him. He gonna wish he gonna wish he was uh he was sitting there next to Ensminger and, and Lindman and, and uh the whatever other people we get up there in that booth calling plays maybe because <laughs> Coach Rose Tigers is going somewhere. I mean maybe this year just the weed whacker bowl or whatever. I mean if we gonna go to a bowl he's gonna be punished by the NCA and all that kind of stuff. But I mean it's all right baby because when it comes time to go to a real bowl we going to the real bowl. You know what I'm saying? No, Coach, I got you. And before you go, man, uh, real quick, um. We're doing something on Cool Runnings. Are you familiar with the movie, Coach? Jamaican. Yeah, movie? baby, John Candy and them, uh, them weed smokers in Jamaica, and they bobsledding, and they ain't got no, uh, no snow or nothing, and uh, they go to Calgary and all that stuff. Good movie, baby. Heartwarming, everything. It's a very hard coach. I agree, hundred percent. But coach, there's a point in that movie where they ask John Candy tells one of the guys, he's like, "How do you think you can win?" And he says. Have you seen, you know, four guys, three guys run a hundred meter in under 10 seconds? And the one guy says, yeah, that's great. But can lightning run on ice? Coach, before you say anything, lightning has to run on ice for ULL. You're not a fan to beat Coastal Carolina in the biggest Sun Belt matchup of all times. Are you going to root against wait, wait. ULL? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, biggest Sun Belt <laughs> matchup of all time, baby. <laughs> that's like uh, that's like saying the biggest single A, triple A baseball matchup <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Look, they Cajuns, baby. You know, Coach O got love for all Cajuns, and um, you know, I will overlook that bonehead, uh, that 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 like forty yard reverse uh, intentional safety own goal looking thing. I mean, that that was pretty goofy. I mean, Les Miles come up with a better play than that, baby. But um, you know, I I think that boy should have should have uh, thrown somebody's shoe. You know, like instead of my game, it should have been that game. They should have thrown the shoe for safety or something, baby. Because point blank, can the Cajuns beat Coastal Carolina in in Coastal? Can they? Yeah. Yes or no? Speaking of speaking of baseball, I mean that team got Louisiana's number, but I not think speaking of baseball at all. Because we're talking about football. Well, I know, but that Coastal Carolina whooped up on LSU, baby. But, I mean, I think that we're going to whip up. I mean, I'm sorry. We, as in my Cajuns, they're going to whip up on uh, 
Coastal Carolina, baby. Oh, Coach O. Coach O likes the Cajuns, baby. Uh, I mean, I like I like Cajuns, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I you know, I'm I'm more partial. My my favorite directional school in Louisiana would have to be old Northwestern where Coach O and Bobby A. Bear went a long time ago, maybe. Well, that's coach, that's for you, went. Anyway, coach, thanks for coming out. I mean, any closing thoughts? Well, I am Coach O, bitch. Go Tigers, execute <laughs> all three phases, baby. And uh you know, I hope you and Mrs. Bells have some more youngins, baby. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Warm it all up. Everything you got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. Welcome to the Sports Endnote, episode number 27, Ken Lightning, Run on Ice. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Went 4-2 last week, 30-39-2, still trash. Got a lot to <laughs> lot to make up on, got some games coming for you later. We'll talk about the picks that were, the picks that will be. L.A. Burns comes on strong, batting third to talk about Iowa State versus Oklahoma, bed, bath, and beyond. I don't know if there's time, we'll see. Tommy Bench. Constantly updating us on COVID and reminding me that the Eagles did beat the Saints, and I now I have to take him and his wife to Commander's Palace, which isn't exactly Taco Bell. So hopefully they just stay shut down due to the mayor Latoya the Destroyer. Segway. Speaking of which, we have an interview from uh, the mayor of New Orleans going to come on to talk about the Claiborne Bridge and the DJ underneath it. Shout out to the drunk neighbor, Faye Du. We'll be talking about that. American Airlines, a.k.a. Un-American Airlines. I was in Scranton for 72 hours. <laughs> Joe Biden is not from Scranton. I'll tell you why. White bitch of the week. Bed, bath, and beyond. All these things. Ken Lightning run on ice. What What the hell is that about, you ask me? You say, Danny Belts, what, what's that? I'm glad you asked. Good, good question. We're going to be talking about Cool Runnings. Yes, the Disney movie that came out in 1991. Before we get into that, I will tell you, I did a lot of research on this, and that movie's about 90% fake, <clears throat> as opposed to what actually happened. I listened to the interviews of the actual Bob Sledders that were there, and the funniest thing was Disney made it seem like, and if you haven't seen Cool Runnings, if you haven't, well, first of all, you're weird, but it's a great movie about Jamaican Bob Sledders that were to be sprinters in the Olympics and could not make it. Uh, one of the guys trips, two of the others allegedly it's actually not what happened but whatever for the movie's sake and then they can't go to the summer olympics so then they train to go to the winter olympics with a guy named sanka coffee who's a boxcar driver uh and they make him the brake man we'll get into that we won't talk too much about this but just a backstory if you don't know and of course when they go to canada for the olympics the one team that hates on them the most is the germans <laughs> i can't make this up you got four black guys, and the team that's hating on them the most are the Germans and <laughs> Jamaica. Oh, my God. So they said that they were greeted with open arms, and that's what I thought. Like, if you're a bobsledder, you'd be like, dude, that's sick. You know, like, how do you get into that anyway? Like, what do you wake up one day and go, yo, bro, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get in this thing that goes 60 miles an hour on this ice-capade roller coaster. No, that's the whitest sport Ever. It's whiter than curling. It's whiter than hockey. There's nothing more white than bobsledding. Nothing. Period. Full stop. So the movie uh, depicts these Jamaicans, as I said, as not making, you know, the Summer Olympics. Sanka Coffee, kind of the comedian. Um, Junior Bevel, the shorter guy who's like the positive. It's okay, you know, but he's really kind of being a cuck to his dad. Uh, that sounds weird, but we use cuck in different ways. It's like the F word. Um, but he's dead, kind of punks him around, and he leaves, sells his car so they have the money to get there. Doris Bannock, the protagonist, the hero of this whole thing, the one that it's his idea to do the whole thing, and then the, the greatest character nearly in the history of cinematography, Yule Brenner, who does not like to be touched. So what's your name? 
Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner is amazing. <laughs> I just love, I see pride. I see power. I love that guy. Uh, I wish he was in more movies. I don't know. He looks the same too. They interview. They had an interview with these with the original cast about two years ago on YouTube, and they really haven't aged that much. It's pretty, pretty insane. He's not even Jamaican. <laughs> That's the best part. Yul Brenner. What an amazing name. Anyway, so if you don't know, spoiler alert: the Jamaicans. Uh, oh, I forgot one of the best parts. Their coach is John Candy, who is a bookie who's constantly drinking Red Stripe and appears to be losing horse race after horse race after horse race. is mad after my own heart. Uh, appears to be pretty bad. I, he's a bookie betting on horses. I'm not sure if they understand what a bookie is. I, I guess a bookie would – I don't, I don't know. I have a good understanding of what a bookie is. <laughs> but I can tell you uh, he's probably not one. He's a broke dick, and in the movie he basically cheated for his two gold – medals by putting weights in the front of a bobsled, and yet, miraculously, he's living in Jamaica, fleeing in exile from shame, I imagine. I don't know. Who cares? But John Candy is great in this movie. He's not quite as good as he is in Uncle Buck, but he's pretty damn good. And the movie is about an 8 out of 10. I watched it on a Delta flight uh, recently, Delta actually giving you the option to watch movies on like American Airlines, who has this thing called American Eagle, aka American Pigeon which I'll be getting into shortly. Let's continue with the theme for now. So in this movie, as I said, you have these Jamaicans who go qualify somehow in Canada for the event. They have a rinky-dinky bobsled. And basically what happens is, is they do terrible on their first race and then they do amazing on their next race. And on the third race, if they do well again, they have a chance to qualify and they, and they, bobsled kind of falls apart and then they they like their heads are like scraping against the ice on the helmet and everything it's a pretty tragic scene and then and then you know they everyone's like all shocked and sad and then they get up and they pick the bobsled up and the first one to start the slow clap is adolf hitler the german that's been making fun of him the whole time literally it's a <laughs> it's the original slow clap started in cool runnings not another teen movie picked it up from there what a great comedy. But now, if you don't like Not Another Teen Movie, find another podcast right now. Looks like Miss Cry and Ran Home to Her Daddy. Cried and Ran Home to Her Daddy. Movie is 10 out of 10 in comedy. It's up there with Caddyshack, Ace Ventura, Not Another Teen Movie. Full stop. No discussion. It's better than Airplane. Huge statement. So what are you probably saying? Well, what are you, well you, got, you still got to talk about Scranton and LaToya and all this. You know, actually, we already... Did the Latoya thing. I do need to talk to you about Scranton. I kind of went out of order here, but, you know, whatever. We'll get back on that. But the point of the Cool Runnings thing is can lightning run on ice? That's when John Candy told this guy, Kurt, he's like, I got three guys that can run the 100 meter in under 10 flat. And he goes, that's great, but can lightning run on ice? And then you see the Jamaicans stumbling around on the ice. They can't run. They're trying to do this. They can't, whatever. And then somehow, again, miraculously, they learn to sprint on ice within like 24 hours. I don't know how that works, but it did. You haven't done. You haven't. It's like they started practicing for the sport somehow. Like the Winter Olympics do not coincide with the Summer Olympics. I don't think Disney quite understands that. But who cares, right? I mean, who really cares? At the end of the day, it's woke Disney. No one's woker than Mickey. <laughs> Come here, you little shit. Kick the shit out of you. <laughs> and the movie itself, though, is incredible, and it just depicts people having to do something that they're just not comfortable doing and succeeding. Now, we're going to get into the game I'm going to talk about. We're going to have to do a gap segue here that has nothing to do with anything, but I un-American Airlines, so just hold that thought. Un-American Airlines is terrible. They don't even hand out water. All right, I fly a lot. Even Woke West, I'm sorry, Southwest, will give you a bag with like pretzels and peanuts and a water. Like Delta does that. Delta will still serve you alcohol in in business class, which is where (laughs) Danny Belts flies, obviously. Don't sit there back with the coupon waving trash. And I mean, I can still get a glass of wine, have a couple pops, watch a movie on, not not on on American Airlines. There's their Wi-Fi that never works. American Pigeon, aka American Eagle on these jets. I fly from New Orleans to Charlotte and to Scranton on these like small jets. The air condition doesn't work. And the only job the stewardesses have, and the only job is to walk around and make sure you're wearing a mask oh, at, at all times. It's, it's so ridiculous. And the minute you take it, it's like, sir, sir. So this, I asked for water. We don't serve water. You don't have water? You don't have water? This is, what is this? Is this Air Haiti, third world airline? What the fuck is going on here? 
So this lady comes over and hands me a bottle of water. And the stewardess goes, did you drink out of that? First off, who cares if she did anyway? What, are you going to take that water from me? We would have grounded that plane in Memphis had that water been taken away from me. And I don't care if she spit at it. I was thirsty. Danny Belts wants a water. He gets his water. Stupid idiot. Sitting here and what? Who cares? And who are you now? Stewardesses used to have the difficult job of like doing like beverage service. But on, on American Airlines, now they just they don't do anything. They're not even there. They're, what are you here for? So I did ask her. I said, what was it is you say you do here? I dropped an office space on that woman. She had no idea what to do. So naturally, she, she went back to her pigeon nest in the back. And it could have been a man. I would have said the same thing. I'm equal opportunity insulter. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, white, black, brown, Asian, liberal, Republican, I already said that, Catholic, non-denominational, Muslim, don't care, Mormon, Taysom. No one is exempt from ridicule, except for Muhammad and Dr. Martin Luther King and Barack Obama. Other than that, everyone else is, right? Anyway, Scranton. So I took this flight to Scranton where Governor Wolf has shut down the entire state, woke Governor Wolf, idiot, and you can't barely even get food at the grocery store. The ho- I can't get food anywhere. The grocery store is in Pennsylvania. It's like a run on the bank. I used to live in this state. Tell I'm at Tommy Bench. And I'm sitting here looking at people. I'm like, what is going on? He shut down everything. You can't even go to like McDonald's. I don't, even, I don't understand quite how this works. They said you could have takeout. All the restaurants just closed. They're like, no, we're just going to close. I, and I had a, you can go take a tour of the office building, you know, the office. And they shut that down too. So he, so he stole that from me. I could have probably sat in Michael Scott's office and taken a picture. Nope, can't do that. Too woke. Got to shut it all down. Yeah, I can go to Home Depot and sit on a man's lap if I want and buy a hammer. That sounded really gay. <laughs> wow. What's going on in my head? But uh, nothing wrong with being gay. Nothing wrong. We're, again, we're, we're woke, but we're not homophobic. Excuse me. We're not woke, but we are not homophobic. Anyway, I don't Whatever. There's been two gay guys in this podcast who give a shit. Point is, it's ridiculous. All right? Everything's shut down. And I didn't see one Joe Biden thing there except for one billboard. If the dude's from Scranton. You would see Joe Biden shit Everywhere. I didn't see one. I went to like nine businesses. I had to drive through residential areas and interstates. I didn't see anything for Biden. I saw a hundred things for Trump. In the place where he's allegedly from, look, I hate to drop bombs on here. I know I dropped a few last week. If you think Biden actually won this election, go fuck yourself. Because he didn't. There's no way. That'd be like going to Chicago. Even though Obama's not from America, North America, or Hawaii, that's fine. It'd be like going to Chicago where he planted his roots and like not seeing any Obama stuff after he won the election in 2008. Are you kidding? It's the same exact thing. So Biden did not win the election. I refuse to believe. This is so ridiculous. Honestly, if you actually believe that, you are an idiot. Yeah, 9 million more people voted for him than Obama. Sure, yeah, Trump went. God, this is so hilarious. This is, whole thing is so funny. I hope you like it when Kamala Harris becomes your president. Be sure and pay attention to the unemployment rate and the NASDAQ and your retirement. In those order, those three things. Be sure and pay attention and watch it all plummet, except for unemployment, which will skyrocket. Get ready for all uncle inflation. Oh, he's coming. Oh, yeah. You think Coach O's coming? Uncle inflation's coming. Anyway, cool runnings, kind of in and out. A lot of ifs, a lot of what have yous here. Those dudes ran on ice. And if the team can, can lightning run on ice, well, ULL is going to have to run on ice. And ULL is nothing short of lightning. The way that they play football is very, very unique. Kind of similar to Coastal Carolina. We'll get into that. If you don't know, Coastal Carolina is undefeated. And this school's... Fastly becoming one of the most amazing stories in Division I sports. They won the College Baseball World Series a few years ago and swept LSU in the box in Baton Rouge in the Super Regionals. And they went on to win the entire thing. Blasting their way through Omaha like a meteor out of control. And now in football, they stand undefeated. After beating BYU on national television, that was one of the most amazing games I've ever watched. BYU accepting the challenge 48 hours prior, preparing for the game on the airplane, sleeping during the day of the game so they could play at night in North Carolina, in Myrtle Beach, or excuse me, South Carolina. But just that, that is insane. 
And it was a great game. It ended on the one-yard line. It was like the ending to the Super Bowl with the Titans and the Rams. It was crazy. And, just to, and, and kudos to both those teams for Coastal for saying, sure, we'll play you, but over here. And for BYU for sacking up and getting on a plane. Those Mormons ran out of quarters a long time ago. They quit school because of recess. They ain't playing games. So kudos to both teams. And that was a phenomenal show. And that helped college football's cause an awful lot, in my humble opinion. ULL opened up the season beating Iowa State badly. Yeah, they had a bunch of special teams touchdowns. I don't care. That's what good teams do. Iowa State is going to be playing in the Big 12 championship. They beat them handily on the road. It was never in jeopardy. Double digits, over. Shut them down defensively. Shut them down. Period. They only have one loss. Their loss is to Coastal Carolina by three points. It was at home. It was in Lafayette. And they barely lost that game. They should have won that game. They didn't. You have one team basic you have two teams ranked very high in the Sun Belt playing for a spot. Potentially a New Year's Eve. I don't know if it'll be a New Year's Eve. I just know this is a big bowl game. This is not for the New Orleans bowl anymore. Uh uh-uh. uh. If Coastal Carolina wins, <laughs> I mean they're undefeated and they beat BYU. I'm not saying they go to the playoffs, but I'm just saying it's pretty impressive, right? I think it's amazing. On the other hand, you have ULL having the season of their life. How you like that, Mark Hudspeth? Nice tight shirt. Gay. He's no longer their coach, as you know, but he used to be their coach, and he wore the tightest shirts ever, and he used to bench press with the offensive line, and he don't be pushed around. That's because he cheated. Yep. And they had to give back a lot of those ball wins because he's a cheater. And he's, a, he's an idiot. But this is a huge game that no one's really caring about. I do. And they're only getting three points. If Coastal Carolina, don't they push the down? Feel like a... Well, then how come they're only getting three points? Giving three. It was three and a half. Now it's down to three. It's going to be two and a half soon. Once it cracks the field goal number, you know it. And ULL is going to be completely out of their element. And Coastal and South Carolina, they don't give a rat's left titty about attendance COVID regulations. Did you watch that BYU game? There was like 100,000 people in that stadium. I feel like there was like people on people on people. They will be up against one of the, and it's a difficult place to play too. It gets really loud in there the way that they have that thing constructed. It's like that, se- that Seattle, uh, Seattle's, they have like an amphitheater in there. Like the, it's not the, fa- the Superdome is raw noise. The Superdome is deafening. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It is deafening. Seattle is also deafening, but it's how the, how the place is constructed. The Superdome is just raw fans like the drunk neighbor and myself just screaming and going absolutely insane for three and a half hours and then having a hangover for 72 hours after which. But that's neither here nor there. So they're up against it and they're going to have to run on ice. Coastal Carolina is one of the best rushing teams in the country and they have a great young quarterback who we'll talk about. They have a good coach. That coach is going to be coaching someplace else next year. I don't know where. It makes sense for South Carolina. I don't know if they've made that decision yet. He might be coaching Auburn. I have no idea. I don't care. I know one thing, though. This game is huge, and we're going to be discussing that because if these guys are going to want to go out there to Myrtle, if they're going to want to get in front of all those fans which they haven't been in front of all year, right? they haven't played in front of people, really. They're going to have to do it. They're going to have to run on ice, and they are lightning, and I think they can. I think they beat the piss. Out of those guys. And this time, the bobsled does not fall apart. Nope. It rolls right through that finish line. And they bust up the perfect season. Let's get into the picks that were. The picks that will be. White Bitch of the Week. L.A. Burns. Tommy Bench. Then we'll wrap it. 4-2 is good. But 4-2 is not going to cut it when you're 30-39-2. We've cut it within nine games of 500, which is the funniest thing I think I've ever said. We should have went 5-1, and one, with the exception of the 49ers. Queers. Houston absolutely screwed this whole thing up. What a bunch of idiots. Here they are. Memphis only has 300 yards. They score 30 points before halftime. A 90-yard fumble six on one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen in my life. And, of course, Houston figures it out too late. They scored 21 points in a row in the fourth quarter to tie the football game at 27-27, and what we have life. But not when there's that much time on the clock and you have a capable quarterback and you play a cover four. So Houston cucks. 
and basically lets Memphis drive down the field. They have the best kicker nearly in the country. I, maybe they didn't watch the film on the kid. Yeah, he's going to get drafted. Most kickers don't get drafted. He's projected to go in the sixth round almost, maybe high as the fifth. Maybe you try to keep him off the field. Well, they don't, and he drills the ball to fucking Knoxville from wherever he was in Memphis. I don't know. I, it's just so stupid. They could have game with overtime. Houston wins in overtime. They probably win. We don't know if they cover or not, but just that, that game really aggravated me, so chalk it up to a loss there. San Francisco, they cucked. Per usual, what am I doing betting the 49ers? Idiots. Troy comes through. Never really had a chance to win, but they didn't really backdoor them. They just hung around within 10 points, made it close at the end. Um, that was against Coastal Carolina, which we've already discussed and we will get into further. Texas, Kansas was canceled. Uh, that was probably going to be Texas winning that game by about 70 points. That one didn't count. Boise, Wyoming. Boise basically is, they got backdoored by a field goal. There's another way to put it. Wyoming did a smart thing, though. They're down 17-6. They kicked a field goal to make it a one-possession game. Did not get the onside kick. The game never had a chance to go over 47. They went under. And speaking of under, the Army-Navy game never had a chance to go over 21 as Navy couldn't score. And basically the game was 3-0 until Navy just cucked in the red zone, which is per usual this year. I don't know what's going on with them. It sucks to see Tommy Bench's alumni be this inefficient offensively. This is not something I'm used to seeing. But the defense plays tough, and they don't quit. And I'll give them that, man. Those kids, when you bet the Navy, you got two things going for you. One, you're going to get a lot of calls, maybe not versus the Army. But two, ain't no quit. Just ask Tulane, who's rolling them by 24. The next thing you know, I'm seeing them kicker for the Navy. Bang, one through from 44 yards as the clock expired. Unbelievable. That wasn't a bad beat, though. But, boy, if you had – here's free. If you had the Browns, if you didn't see Monday night, oh, my God, Browns plus three and a half in a high, one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Four different quarterbacks under center. Lamar Jackson leaves the game. They put in Trace McBorley. I mean, McSorley from Penn State. Loser coach, Franklin. Loser coach. Trace looked great, though. He proved me wrong again. Boy, I really put on how to pick him. Goes down the field, scores a touchdown. Lamar comes back in. Baker Mayfield showed up. Everybody showed up. Back and forth. And then the Ravens kick a field goal. And the clock should have expired. But the Browns clock manager decided, no, I'm going to give my team a chance. And left two seconds on the clock. The two seconds should have ran out. But they didn't. And because of that, <laughs> they kicked the ball off. And then the Browns commenced to do a nine lateral play that ends in a safety. And the Ravens covered. Yikes. Let's get into the picks that are to come. I'll mix up the Molly music here. I'm liking this week a lot. Obviously, we like ULL plus the three, right? But <laughs> sorry if I blew that one for you. ULL is going to have to run on ice. And we really think they can do that versus Coastal. They did it once. They should have won that football game. I know it was at home, but they played better on the road anyway. Wow. Belts, uh, ULL's been a lot of close games. Yeah, so have the Saints. You know what, though, is good about both these teams? Good teams win close games. You hear me? Don't cuck me. I'm telling you, this is my business. Don't tell me my business. Oh, but you're 30 and 39. Well, I'm at your mom's house, so I'm doing something right. ULL getting a three. We like that a lot. Why? Well, they go to Georgia State. They win by three. Oh, well, Georgia State. Georgia State, yeah, they are down. Then they go to Georgia Southern and win by two. Well, actually, that was at home on a walk-off field goal from like 79 yards, but they win. Okay, lost to Coastal by three. They go to UAB, a very good football team, and they grind out a win on the road. Then they go to App State, and they grind out another win, 24-21. These guys win close games. All they have to do is win because we're taking them plus the three, but I see ULL winning this game by two to even three touchdowns. This is a mismatch inside. ULL is bigger. They are more athletic. They are older. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. I really believe that. I know you're like, ah, I can't believe this. I just did. And I think they are a better football team that is getting points. If Coastal was so good, they'd be a 10-point favorite. So why are they not? Because they're not that good. They're a paper tiger. That's right. And if BYU had time to prepare and didn't have to get on a plane and sleep during the day before they played, they would have kicked the holy dog shit out of Coastal Carolina. Don't don't cuck me and tell me what's going on. I'm telling you what's going on. They would have rolled them out that field. And if they had came to BYU and BYU was rested, they'd beat them by 45 points. Full stop, period. That's it. End of discussion. We're like ULL plus the three. Is that it, Belts? <laughs> no. It's not it. I got more. Air Force goes to Army. Burns kind of like this one too, I think. Air Force, well, they're only three and two. And they got whipped by boys. I don't care. Don't tell me the Army's good. Oh, the Army's eight and two. Go look at their schedule. Look at what they've done. Tulane beat the dog shit. 
out of that team physically. They crushed them. How good's Tulane? I don't think they're that much better than Air Force. Belts, is that the transitive property? Maybe. Sometimes it applies. I don't know. BYU beat this team, and then Coastal beat that team. But didn't BYU beat Boise, and then Coastal beat... We'll talk about Boise. Yeah, the transitive property. So Biden beat Trump. Trump beat Hillary. Biden's better than Hillary? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Don't care. We like the Air Force. We love their running back, Remsburg. He's a monster. He's going to have a chance to play pro football. The Air Force and any of the academies don't really send kids out there too much. Kyle Eckel, Reynolds. I met Kyle Eckel with Tommy Bench and the King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania. It was pretty cool. Size of a bowling ball, and he won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints <laughs> and was on this undefeated Patriots team that lost. Bad luck this kid has. The Miley music's getting very loud right now. I kind of like it. Uh, here we go. We've taken the Air Force two and a half there. We like them a lot in that spot. They beat the Army by 14 easily. UAB goes to Marshall. And Marshall, Doc Holliday, and they don't. Yes, they will get pushed around. UAB is a better football team. We love UAB's coach, Bill Clark, best coach nearly in the conference. He won't be at UAB much longer. He has resurrected that program from the grave. We love UAB catching four and a half. We'd like him to win the game outright. Why? We don't bet a dog. Less what? Less we think they can win. Give me UAB plus the four and a half. I'm not done. San Jossie State. We like him a lot. The Texas A&M transfer Starkle has been looking great. Undefeated San Jose State with the coach of the conference, Nevins. Excuse me, that's the running back. One of the better running backs in the conference, Nevins, who will probably play on Sundays. Brett Brennan, the coach, coach of the year in the Mountain West, deserves it. Done a phenomenal job. San Jose State getting seven and a half versus a Boise team that, for me, for my money, is just underrated. I don't think that they're that good. I really don't. We like San Jose catching the points here at home. Almost looks like a trap, but you know what? You're going to trap me here? Trap me with a dog. I don't care. I know COVID football has been jacking me. Give me San Jose State plus the seven and a half. That line's been bouncing around. And lastly, oh, uh, you're homing here. Ben Belts, you're really going to take the Saints? That's right. The New Orleans Saints. If the Saints are so bad, then how come they're only a two and a half point dog at home versus Mahomes and company? Because the Chiefs are susceptible to loss. They've been playing with danger. The Carolina Panthers nearly had them beat in Kansas City in the last few games. Don't get me wrong, they're an amazing football team. They go on the road, turn it over four times to the Dolphins and find themselves up 30-10 to 10 somehow. Didn't cover. I don't know. I think the Saints here are undervalued somehow at home. Breeze is not going to play anymore. I don't care. I don't care who's quarterback. I just don't care. Look at the line. They're telling you all you need to know. They're telling you. They're begging you to bet Kansas City here, so we're not. We're taking the Saints. Getting the two and a half at home with the Storm and Mormon under center. We might see some Jameis and some Crab Claws. Who knows? Who cares? Quick recap. Here we go. ULL plus the three. UAB plus the four and a half. Air Force laying two and a half. If I said plus two and a half, I'm sorry. They're a minus two and a half at Army. We like San Jossi State getting the seven and a half. And we like the Saints getting two and a half points at home to Kansas City. And buckle up, Mahomes. In the words of short round, hold on, lady, we go for a ride. We going for a ride, boy. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, you are white bitch of the week. And now CNN is trashing you. I, t- I knew this was a bad idea. He, Joe Biden won the election. And that, so you think we only rip Democrat? No. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McCuckle cucked and punted and said, well, you know, you need to just don't say anything. We all know this is bullshit. We all know what's going on. Joe Biden knows. Everybody knows. Joe Biden didn't even have a campaign. He had no ground game. He didn't have a premise on what he was running on. <laughs> it was, I wear a mask. He doesn't. So I win. Get the fuck out of here. It's just, so then CNN is saying, hey, go look, go Google it right now. Mitch McConnell deserves no applause. I, you knew they'd do this to you. What do you think? Are you going to get this Mitt Romney treatment? No, you're not. You're in too deep anyway. And you're too old. And you're a professional politician. So do me a favor and just retire. And you're, you're a loser. And you're hideously ugly, by the way. I wish Trump would fire his ass before he goes out. I know you can't fire a senator, but it would be awesome if he just fired him and made himself Senate Majority Leader. <laughs> I would vote for Donald Trump 50 more times in a row. It's just, and you guys are terrible. Now we don't, get any, we don't get any of these press conferences where he attacks the media. The only president ever, the Republican president, to not cuck like Bush and everyone else to the media. God, so sad. Swear in grandpa so we can have... 
ludicrously liberal ultra left Kamala Harris come in or Kamala Kamala I don't give a shit what her name is where's LA Burns LA Burns jumping on the sports and LA Burns dude a lot of things I have to apologize for first of all my lack of editing <laughs> on the last show which I'm sure you have some things to talk about before we get into anything and dude I'm sorry about that man that's just yeah, yeah, man, no worries, no worries. I, I understand. I know you were running around, zooming back and forth across the country. Uh, so it's it's understandable. Everybody makes mistakes, so I wouldn't sweat it too much. Um, you know, there was I was caught on there with a little bit of a response to what we were talking about. So I just wanted to address that real quick. I made a comment about uh, you know you were you were saying that you had some people who were wondering why I wouldn't give out my picks, my actual picks from the service on the podcast. And basically the reason I can't do that is because I have clients that pay me money uh, for my information and for those picks. So it would be a disservice to them and unfair to them if I were to come on this podcast and just give them out for free. So that's basically what I meant by the comment that I made last week. Um, and I just wanted to quantify that. And again, you know, the the way that we've been doing this is is you'll tell me what games you want to talk about. And that way, if you happen to give me a game to talk about that ends up being a pick of mine, that's uh, happenstance more than anything. But for me to just come on here every week and give out uh, the, the plays that I'm releasing to my clients, again, it just wouldn't be fair to them. So. That was the gist of what I was saying last week. And, and again, as far as the editing, you know, shit happens. And I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's too, too big of a deal. What an embarrassment. I'm sorry. And also, uh, let's dig into uh, what we do politically. You know, as you know, we do get kind of political, right? It has nothing to do. You go ahead and take that one as well. Well, yeah, no, you know, uh, I, uh, last week listening to the show, there was comments in every week. There's commentary leading into to my segment, and some of it can be inflammatory. I'm not saying I agree with it or don't agree with it or anything. As far as the politics are concerned, I'm apolitical. I, I'm not right. I'm not left. I'm not independent. I don't have any affiliation with any political party or organization. Uh, I dislike all politicians equally, uh, and um, you know, and that's about it. So. I'm here for the college football. That that's really you and I's you uh, and I's comfort zone, and, and, and the the thing that kind of brought us together. So I just wanted to make people aware of that. And again, no big deal. I'm I'm not crying foul or or saying that I that I disagree with things that you all say or or agree or anything like that. But just kind of thought it might not be a bad time to to address that since we were talking about uh, you know talking about last week. Um, as far as the edit- editing was concerned, yeah, this is going to well. be my thing, my thing, my thing, your thing, Tommy Bench. Definitely, we don't want you caught up in the midst of anything you don't want to be caught up in. But at the same time, yes, uh, it does get a little political, and you have nothing to do with anything. But speaking of which, the game of the week, my friend, uh, we have two games that I really want to talk about, but we can't really because you know I love ULL Coastal, whatever. But talk to me about the Big 12 championship. Give me your take on this, because this has got a lot of people that I know kind of dumbfounded on kind of this line and where they're going to go with it. So let's talk. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't see where Oklahoma was ranked in the playoff situation, in the playoff rankings this week. I, I, I saw that Iowa State bumped up and I think they were at seven last week. So that must mean that, that they're at six now. Uh, I know Oklahoma is going to be a little bit lower than that because they were last week as well. Um, so that might be why people are a little bit confused about the line uh, being Oklahoma minus five and a half uh, is the latest that I've seen. Uh, we also have a, a situation where Iowa state beat Oklahoma earlier this year. So, you know, Again, maybe a little bit of confusion as to why Oklahoma would be favored. And to that, I'd say that what's really going on is Oklahoma is a totally different team than they were 
when these teams last met and when Oklahoma lost, you know, a couple of games earlier this season. They, two of their best players, defensive end Ronnie Perkins and running back Ramondre Stevenson, were suspended for the first four or five games uh, of the season. And they've both really made a big difference to the team since they've been back. Last year, uh, Kennedy Brooks was either a first or second team All-Big 12 running back for the Sooners, and he was supposed to come back this year, but he opted out. And with the Stevenson suspension, they were playing some guys at running back earlier in the year who, you know, were able to get some experience and build depth, but but none of them had the talent that Stevenson had. He's a bull. Uh, He's going to be a high draft pick, I would think after this year and Ronnie Perkins had a chance to be a first round draft pick this year, but chose to come back to school. So adding him back to a a defense that obviously saw some, some improvement last year before at at least LSU got a hold of him in that national semifinal game, but they were a better defense last year. They returned eight guys. And with him coming back to a really talented defensive line, it made a really big difference, you know, on that side of the ball. Um, again, with Stevenson, he's a bull and Oklahoma returned all five starters from their offensive line from last year. So, uh, you know, they needed their freshman quarterback, Spencer Rattler to get a little bit of experience and he's been able to do that over the course of the year. So he's going to be a different player now than he was week one, week two. Um, you know, I love Iowa state. I love their head coach, Matt Campbell. I've been a huge fan of that team since he's gone over there. They've just, they're tough. Uh, they play together. They're well coached. Um, you know, and, and now they have a good bit of talent on offense. They have quarterback Brock Purdy, who's playing like a first team all conference type guy. They have the leading rusher nationally in Brees Hall. Uh, they have multiple tight ends who can beat you. The, the, best of which is Charlie Kohler, who was a second-team All-America last year. Um, and, again, they have some players on defense that have been there for a while, and, and they kind of operate as a well-oiled machine. But, you know, the talent level for Iowa State just isn't quite where the talent level for Oklahoma is. And, you know, that's why this game is lined that way. Um, these teams have played – close games since Campbell's gotten there. I think there's been three Oklahoma wins, maybe one by 10 points, two by 10 points and one by one point last year. And then you had the the Iowa state win earlier this year by seven. So, you know, I'm not saying that I, that I love Oklahoma or anything like that. I can certainly see why the line is where it is. And, you know, again, Oklahoma transformed itself as a team at some point this season when they started. There was a few other guys that were suspended as well. Those were the two main ones. But when they got Perkins and Stevenson back, um, they they kind of turned a corner as far as the strength of their team. And this is when Oklahoma seems to make a run every year at this time of year. They've won five straight Big 12 championships. So, you know, they're going for the Bakers, you know, for the half dozen here. Um, so, Someone's going to have to beat them to take the take the crown off. And so, put a gun to your head. Gun to your head right now. How do you feel? They, you know, they fill in with this right now. Was it five and a half? Five and a half now. Yeah, you know. So, how do you feel about them? Like, gun to your head right now. How are you feeling about? Even though this is not your game, you want to pick this. I don't think. But I mean, what's what's the deal? It's it's really tough because I'm high on Oklahoma and have been high on Oklahoma. Like I said, since you know we saw some of these changes over the course of the year, but I've been high on Iowa state now for, for four years. Um, You know, in that, in that Iowa (laughs) state game against Texas a couple of weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, in my opinion, everything was pointing at Texas. They had that game at home. They had more talent. Um, You know, it it was a must win. They were playing, they were back in the, in the, in the, discussion to get into the big 12 championship game if they won that game so there was everything was pointing their way but i just couldn't pull the trigger against isu and matt campbell and to a certain extent that's how i feel here although i do feel like this oklahoma team 
in its current construct is, is stronger than the Texas team was. Of course, they'll be, they'll be playing in a at a neutral site as opposed to you know the Texas game was was in Austin. But Oklahoma's been there before. They've played in this game every year for the past five years. You know, there's been a lot of holdover. I'm sure. Big time veteran offensive line. Uh, Iowa State's offensive line lost four store four starters uh, from last year. And one of the guys they had coming back got hurt in the first game and hasn't returned. So they've obviously molded into a, a solid unit. You know, they have the, the leading rusher in the nation. So it'd be hard to, to say anything bad about their offensive line. We can't assume that it's as good as Oklahoma's offensive line. They returned all five starters from a, a national semifinalist last year. Um you know, I'm kind of going back in, in circles here. It's so hard for me to say I like Oklahoma. I've gone ahead right this second. I think I'd have to take Oklahoma based on the talent discrepancy and the fact that I think they're 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 probably a little bit better than people think. I'm not sure that everybody totally realizes, you know, how important those two guys are that they got back or the fact that Rattler's gotten so much more experience now. Um, and, again, they see Iowa State ranked a little bit higher. Uh it's uh, Iowa State's just a well-oiled machine for what they have, and I think they have a lot of confidence. I think they feel like they're a team of destiny. They've never won a conference championship. I think they tied for one in 1912. They've never won an outright conference championship in the history of their program. So, you know, this is You're all right. They have not this won. They have not them. won a championship. And, you know, we have one minute, and I'll tell you what. You know what's funny is that ULL beat them. Right, and that now they play coastal, and now we have one of the best Sun Belt Conference championships of all time. This is actually the outright greatest, but I'm sure you can admit to. Um, this is insane, yeah. No, that looks like a really good game. You know, last week, uh, Coastal's head coach was complaining about having to play that game against Troy, and I just thought that that was really weak. Uh, weak as fuck. Wow. He apparently lobbied the conference all week to, you know, see what he could do to have them go the route of the of the ACC and cancel the games to set up the championship game. And, you know, I think his team, he did his team a little bit of a disservice in that process because he sent them out there to play that game with them potentially thinking that, you know, it wasn't what they needed to be concentrating on. So they went out, they, they got pushed hard by Troy. Uh, it was a back and forth game that they pulled out at the end. Um, maybe if they would have gone in there with a little bit more focus and didn't have that outside noise, maybe they would have been able to put that game away a little bit easier. Uh, and so, you know, ULL, uh, Louisiana is watching that game and resting and getting ready for, for this one. So, um, you know, to me, it might be, tough for Coastal to come in with 100%, you know, in the tank physically and mentally. So, um, you know, Louisiana's also been been playing for their offensive line coach who died of a heart attack in August. Uh, you know, that's kind of been their, their, their dangling carrot for, for the year. So, you know they want to get that done for them, and, and Coastal's become such a media darling. You know, I think I have to lean Louisiana in that one, although I, I really don't follow the Sun Belt as closely as I do the, the bigger conferences. But, um, but yeah, no, I think you, you mentioned that um, you were pretty high on Louisiana too, and I think there's, there's good reason for that this week. Yeah, there definitely is, man. I appreciate that. Look, we love having you on, Belts. Excuse me. To say belts, god damn it. I was missed. It's bench, belts, burns. Your belts, yes, I am belts. Your burns, got it. Good, not all right. it, but uh, we'll see you next. I'm glad we we're able to get all that straight and uh, take it easy. <laughs> and uh, and good luck this week. Thanks, buddy. All right, props to LA Burns. Thanks, Chief. Without further ado, Tommy Bench, Tommy Bench jumping on. The sports antelope and thank and thank you because we needed some some guidance because Tommy, as you'll listen to this episode, I lost a lot of my guidance as I go crazy. So why don't you help us out here? As right now, COVID has killed 
64.6 billion people is what Rachel Maddow just told me. Correct. And she can't be wrong. So we have Correct. to correct that. Well, as always, it's, it's good to be here on the Sports Antidote. And we'll, we'll try to offer some context and, and some analysis of the numbers, give, giving you the numbers straight away. Um, you're correct. You know, six, 64, it, might up, it might be up to 65 billion people have died from COVID. I think it's uh, over 100 billion. Actually. So. 100 billion. Right. Um, almost as many people that die from gun deaths every year, according to Joe Biden. So right now, every, actually, everyone's dead. It's every, everyone's dead. We're the last <laughs> few people alive. We're making a <laughs> podcast for each other. All right. You're about to be. Are you about to be legend? Are you? I, I legend. I don't know. Are you I mean, Will you know, those, Smith? Maybe those people taking the vaccine. Remember, remember, in that movie, it was not the disease. It was the treatment. It was the vaccine. It was the cure. <laughs> that, uh, you know, th- those memes are, are good. But uh, OK, so again, let's talk context. Let's talk hard, fast numbers. All right. Look, unfortunately, today was the uh, the single highest death count day. Thirty four hundred people died. That is higher than at any point earlier in the spring. So, yes, the the spread of this virus, it is spreading more in it's it's spreading more and in more places in the united states as it was in the spring in the spring you know there were statistics that some low percentage of counties accounted for you know like 10 percent of 10 percent of counties accounted for 90 percent of deaths or something like that and and essentially what you have now is the the virus is impacting a wider swath of america Uh, some places are really still get just getting hammered at with the first wave some places are seeing a second wave. Some places never really got a reprieve that much in the summer. It never subsided that much, and it's just picked up steam. And, and, and then some places, again, are having a very discreet second wave. You know, A lot of the northeastern states that got hit hard first and then imposed some pretty serious lockdowns and, and just saw a natural subsiding of the virus through the summer and the fall or in early fall as things, the combination of things started opening up and people start congregating more indoors. I mean, that, that's really seems to be the spreader. Uh, approximately 74% of cases come from, you know, in home and not necessarily in home as in members of your household, but in homes gatherings that are occurring, not so much bars, restaurants, and, and things that you might think are spreading them, but it's really people get together in their homes because, you know, you, you invite a bunch of people over to watch the game. You spend six hours with the same group of people in, in the same two or three hundred square feet. You're much more likely to stand within six feet and talk for 20 or 30 minutes to one person. Whereas if you think about it, at a restaurant, you're probably there with people you already live with and, and your interactions with others are fleeting at best. So it, it's not a surprise. But again, let's get into the numbers. So wait, so when you talk about the game, are you talking about the Eagles Saints game? I am talking about that thrashing. That bullshit. That our that our rookie of the year contender quarterback oh, absolutely oh, laid. Well, I thought you stopped drinking. The, Guess what, Chief? Have another beer. The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Bench wasn't too thrilled, but you know. No, she happens. wasn't, and neither was I. But guess what? You know what? I guess a blind squirrel finds another Eagles beat the Saints. And, you know, congratulations. And I'm going to have to take you out to the most expensive. That's right. Give one minute. I'm going to have to take you and Mrs. Mrs. Bench. That's right. To one of the most expensive restaurants in Uptown New Orleans. And I look forward to it. I I will be scouting out the menu. And I'm going to say, hey. God, Bring you me are the disgusting. most expensive bottle of champagne you have in that in that back room. There. Uh, well, that's just that that's there's no way that's out. Anyway, go ahead. So, you know, all right. So if I so, if I wasn't three times less your size, I would kill you. But go so ahead. so so the the numbers. All right. So, so good and bad. The bad is look, the death numbers are climbing, but that makes sense because death numbers are always going to lag case numbers by two to three weeks. Similarly, hospitalizations. They are still climbing. And, and I would say this, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, we start approaching 120, 125, 130,000 people hospitalized due to COVID. That, that's where you start getting concerned. Uh, last report is 113,000 people hospitalized. Now, that's not 113,000 in ICUs. That's 113,000 people hospitalized. 
Um, but but it, it seems that that is slowing. It's still increasing. Like, I don't think it's crested. I, I, I bet it'll crest somewhere right around that 120 to 125,000. Kind of like Jalen Hurts' potential to be a, a starting quarterback? Is that kind of where we're going with that? No, that, that seems to be on a straight line trajectory up when you beat a team that's 10 and 2. So I walked right into that. That, I mean, that was softball down the middle. But the, the reason I, I say that about hospitalizations, so of, of the 51 jurisdictions that we monitor, that's 50 states and, and the District of Columbia, there are about 20 that appear to be declining. Their number of hospitalizations are declining. There are about 10 that I would classify as cresting, and there are about 21 where it's increasing. Now, you might hear that and go, oh, well, you know, 20 are decreasing, 10 are cresting, which means a lot of those will move into the decreasing category. And uh, things, unfortunately, of the 21 that are still increasing, when you add up the populations of those states, that's 180 million people. So over half of, of the U.S. population by state, you know, this isn't a perfect thing, but by state is still in the camp of the number of cases or excuse me, the number of people going into hospitals is increasing. So. Again, that, that's kind of the picture. But when you look at case numbers, you know, number of new cases, it, it seems to be cresting. And, and I think we are now far enough away from Thanksgiving. So anytime when you look at this data around any holiday, July 4th, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving, there's always some pretty significant disruptions in data, either because data isn't collected, it's not reported on the normal time frame. I think just, some, you know, Look, if you start feeling bad Thanksgiving morning, you think, oh, I'll put it off a day or two. So I, there's always distortions in the data around holidays. However, I think we are far enough away from Thanksgiving. And, and while the numbers have continued to increase, they are increasing. In a, if you took the derivative of a line, you would see that the rate of increase has not really changed from a few weeks prior if you smooth out the distortion from Thanksgiving. All that to say, it's a fancy way of saying the line kind of continued along its trend once you get rid of the Thanksgiving distortion. And we seem to be hitting a peak um, or, or at least we, we appear to be cresting. So if we crest where we're, we don't start getting 250, 300, 350,000 cases a day and it starts decreasing again, you'll see the hospitalizations and the deaths. They will lag. So I, I think around New Year's, what we will start seeing is that cresting in the hospitalization, the death numbers, and things will be decreasing. Um, so, uh, question, is there going to be a cresting within the NFC East is what I'm worried about. Unfortunately, uh, I, I am concerned the Eagles will crest it right around five or six wins and the, the foreskins might actually crest with eight wins and they yeah, haven't lost a the game in like two months uh and it's the washington football team the washington how football team. dare you how dare you how how dare i how, yes how, how is that possible how dare yourself <laughs> and i speak in full pronoun how dare you and by the way i think there's a good chance that they're going to win the division as i keep trying to change the pace of this I'm just trying to change the shape of the way you guys should not have beaten the Saints. We all know it was terrible. Our kicker missed a bunch of oh, – it's just terrible. I can't believe it. So, I can't believe The Eagles – if you didn't know, Tommy Bench is a huge Eagles fan. And right yeah, now I'm yeah. eating medium oh. rare crow. Yeah. I'm eating crow right now. I'm cutting it up and I'm – you know, it's just disgusting. Ugh. So – there's where we stand. Uh, one, one more good point, one more bad point. Well, we'll start with the bad point. Bad point is the positivity rate, that's a number you hear frequently thrown <laughs> around, has been trending up. I mean, for, for the past couple of months, the daily positivity rate and the aggregate positivity rate are trending up. But again, both seem to be cresting or at least leveling off. So I would anticipate uh, just, just through the natural progression of how viruses work their way through populations that they'll start to decrease and the numbers will start looking more and more favorable. On a good news, the fatality rate does continue to decrease. So the last time we checked in, we were above 1.8%. We're now below that. We're at 1.78%. That's the cumulative case fatality rate. So that's number of deaths divided by known diagnosed cases. 
Now, the actual infection. Well, I'm I'm about to address what you're. People are about to disagree with that. MSM. Okay, go ahead. The infection fatality rate is an estimated number, and I'm it's many multiples lower because you're estimating the total number of people who have possibly had it. Um, I, I, I don't claim to be an expert in estimating that, so I'm not going to offer what I think it is. I can just tell you the case fatality rate at one point peaked as high as almost 6% in May. Now we're down to 1.78%. I, I would not be surprised when this is largely said and done if the case fatality rate approaches 1%. Right, and that actual... actually reminds me, though, let's talk about stats. So it reminds me of the Saints kicker who makes 96.4% of his kicks and then he misses 100% of his kicks against the Eagles and you guys sneak away with a win. And I just feel as though right now, like, I don't know, is is he bigger a problem than COVID? I don't know, Tom. I mean, he, he might be. I mean, help me out. I mean, it's, and... it's terrible. He might be for your bank account, but he won't be for the waiter at Commander's Palace who's going to get a nice tip. Excuse I'm gonna make, me? I'm going to make sure. You what, what are you him talking up. about? You want to go ahead and make light of this? Oh, oh, why don't you go ahead and just call me out right now? Be a man. Say it. Let's go. Say it. The Eagles are a better football team than the Saints? Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but why don't you go ahead and talk about the bet that I lost? Why don't you just say it? The bet, uh, we already covered this. You you are taking me and Mrs. Bench out to Commander's Palace. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go in here twice to actually make it know that it's possible. All, All right. Well, that's totally awesome. Thanks a lot, bro. Um, well, I, I, I do what I can. So let, so let me offer kind of a, a final analysis to, to oh, wrap this all up. Oh, I can't wait for this. All right. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in, in doing the math and trying to project, like, when's this really going to start? you know, going on the downhill. I think there's going to be, a, there's going to be numerous factors over the course of the next 40, the 30 to 40 days that are really going to start pushing the curve downward. And it's not any of this goofy flattening the curve in places that are implemented because this thing is well seeded. It's none of that. There's two things that are largely going to be pushing the numbers down. One, the vaccination efforts underway. I mean, there, there are, the, the goal is to have 20 million people or 20, at least 20 million doses administered before the end of the year. I mean, that's incredible. And then and then I think they want to get like 50 million done in January. So assume halfway through January, halfway, that's 25 million. I mean, you're talking 30 to 40 million people possibly vaccinated by mid-January. Plus, this will continue to spread through the population. And, and so the virus eventually is going to start bumping up against people who have either already been infected or have been vaccinated. And not that either of those is 100%, but, you know, the vaccine is 95% effective and, and having a prior infection is there's some percentage of people who will not be reinfected. And it's and it's understood to be a pretty high percentage. I really I I think we're going to start running into a situation where, honest to God, right around inauguration in the week leading up to inauguration, the infra, the, the numbers coming out will be looking like every day it'll look better and better and better. And then inauguration is going to happen. And then and then things are going to accelerate again, not because any change in policy or action, but just because out of the, the 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 continued things that will be applying downward pressure to the pandemic vaccination efforts and pre pre um, uh, pre uh, pre covid got pre covid, you know, people who already me ask you people, a question who, yeah, real quick. people already got infected. And I can just see the scenario where the media is just going to fawn over themselves about how Joe Biden brought it to an end, even though no reasonable person. You know, pretty funny, though, he pretty didn't. funny as though, as we talk, I'm sorry to talk over you, but funny as though, as we saw in the last debate, as the Trumpster talked about, we're going to have a, you know, a vaccine before the new year. Don't worry about it. Trying to calm people down. Cause right. what a good leader does is doesn't get people worked up. And he has done, and then all of a sudden, he got worked by everybody. Two people that hit us up, direct message on Instagram. Everybody was like, well, how can he say there's going to be how a, And he don't be pushed around. Ow. And then here we go. Here we, we go. Have a, we have, we have a vaccine. We have two. We have can two. you fucking make sense this to our, We got to go. But just 30 seconds. It makes sense to people. 
Because I'm an idiot. So maybe you sense to the people that are smart, but it's ridiculous. The whole thing is absurd. It's it's absurd because, look, he, he's known to speak in exaggerations and hyperbola and, and all sorts of things. And he lives in hyperbola. He, he just that, that's that's his shtick. That's what he does. But for for people to discount it, especially uh, Moderna, the the company who's they're the ones who've had the second vaccine, the mRNA messenger RNA. They had it. They essentially had it mapped out, planned, and designed two days after they got the genome on January seventeenth. I think they got the, they got the genome sequencing from China on the fifteenth. By the seventeenth, they essentially had the vaccine designed and mapped out. Trump was just smart enough to look at that and all the other information he has access to and say, "Boy, this seems like it's going to take a lot quicker than ten years or five years or two years." So. Uh, let me push my chips in. And you know what? I, I'm, on, on this one, there's a lot of things we can argue about on Trump. On this one, he was proven right. He was vindicated. He was validated. And and, and that doesn't mean everything he's done is perfect. But boy, on this one, he, you know, nail, hammer, and he hammered it. And he got it right. So go out, get the vaccine. Let's bring this thing to an end. And, and we can stop getting Facebook posts from the self-righteous you know, people who want to still tell us to stay home and stay locked down and don't worry about earning a living. And who cares if you go out of business, at least you'll have your life. Uh, it's just, oh, so I, I think all of us are so ready to move on um, from, from the people who just want to push the fear and, and the pandemic porn nonstop. I'm all about porn, not pandemic porn, but I'll tell you what belts actually, I keep doing that belts bench. You know, the problem is, is I haven't been working out since the pandemic and now I am, I'm not even belts. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, Ugh, I'm kind of squishy, but you're not there. Are you bench? Uh, you're Tommy bench. Well, I, I did have to take a few weeks off uh, when I had the vid. I didn't want to infect Don't people. Don't tell me this. Don't tell me this. But, Don't but do we're, this to me. we're making progress. And speaking of are that. Are you kidding me? Can you put up 350 right now? Oh, uh, that would be a stretch. That might hurt. I don't are know. you? Uh, we'll work on it. Can you put up 300 right now? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, God. You're such a liar. I, you know, you're killing me. All right, Tommy, thanks for jumping on the sports day. Lord, I wish I could be almost as big as you, but you know what? I'm as squishy as it gets. COVID has killed me. Well, maybe if you're rooted look- for a better football team. Wow. What he. <laughs> Wow. Well, I guess you had to get that one in there. I'll go ahead and let that one go. All right, cool. All right. Well, you know what? Take shots, get shots. We'll see you next week. Either way, Chief. All right, out here. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 27. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Rate, subscribe, and review. It still sounds like I'm saying rape. I'm clearly not. It's clearly philanthropist, full-on rapist. (laughs) Rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on any major platform. Be sure and follow us on Instagram, especially at the Sports Antidote. We're creeping there 1,500 followers now. It's huge. 2,000 will be a milestone. If we can get there before the end of the year, Belts will be very happy. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny underscore Belts. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, not much of a following, i got to be honest. Twitter sucks. Uh, at Sports Antidote 1. But Instagram for sure. And be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. And tell your boys. Tell your friends. Don't act like this, is, this isn't fun. If you lean to the right or even if you're in the middle and you like sports or sports gambling, you'd like it. Even if you don't like gambling, you would like it because of Tommy Bench. And if you're super into sports, then you definitely like what... Uh, what what um, Burns does on here. So anyway, there's something for everybody. But if you're super woke, get out of here. We ain't trying to have you listen anyway, Chief. Be sure and tune in next week. We got a good one coming for you for episode number 28. Keep it real, Anadotians. I'm talented. Yes, I'm gifted. Never boosted. Never